in this week's podcast, Is There Life on Venus? Plus, we look at our favorite lunar landing. Don't forget to get in touch with us on social media at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Space and Things One on Twitter. And please give us a review or a rating on your podcast platform if there is the option to do so. But for now, sit back, grab some butter cookies, and enjoy episode three of Space and Things. You're listening to the Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. Hello, I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode three. How you been, Emily? I've been doing well. Uh, it's been kind of a weird week because we've had a tropical storm where I'm at. For a oh, few, wow. it's It's been sitting around, well, now it's a hurricane, but we're okay. We're, we're safe here. We just got a lot of rain, uh, no damage or anything like that, thankfully. But uh, What's it called this time? Sally. Sally. Oh, that's yes. right. That seems like quite an innocent name for a storm. <laughs> yeah, but we're okay, though. Uh, we just got a lot of rain, and that's basically it. Nothing horrible. Uh, I hate to say it. If you live in Florida, it's par for the course that you get tropical storms. Of course, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not really too shocking, but... Yeah, so that's really all that's been going on here. Otherwise, I'm just uh, chilling, doing my thing. And you? Yeah, um, not too bad. I've, I've been been a bit busy. We've had this crazy weather here this week as well. It, it went from being cold to suddenly we've had a little bit of a heat wave. And uh, a, a friend of mine said, let's go and play golf today. And we both struggled in the heat big time. <laughs> we got we did 12 holes. We only did 12 holes. And by the end, we were exhausted. But that was uh, it was it was good fun just getting outside. Yeah, and going and do something, but yeah, exactly. It's good to just get outside, and like lately, I just go out for walks and stuff. And I, I try. I mean, obviously, I, I'm very safe, but I do. I have gone out to eat a few times. I'm probably gonna have a lot of people get on me, but it's very safe. Uh, most places are not crowded, and mm. everybody's wearing a mask, so uh, I don't feel particularly threatened personally. But uh, yeah, it's nice to you know start getting out and starting to do things now and feeling slightly normal <laughs> yeah for sure for sure i mean I, I i i managed to do a wedding gig on saturday so i that's one of the ways i, I pay my rent is doing uh, is doing wedding gigs playing guitar for people's weddings and it's, i normally do this every weekend emily and this is the second one i've done since march so uh, it was it was quite wow. nice i had to had to see if i could remember how to do it <laughs> i set everything up i'm like is this right i think this is right <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. It's everything's just been thrown into a big old tizzy, so it's oh, so funny. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very amusing, very amusing. But I didn't forget anything. I managed to get through it, so that was all good. Anyway, shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we get going with this week's episode? Yep, absolutely. Perfect. Uh, Roger, our guidance recommendation uh, is things, and you're cleared for takeoff. Roger, understand. We're number one on the runway. Roger. I'll be honest, Emily. When when uh, when I asked you to do this podcast, I really didn't think uh, that so much was going to happen week to week. I know we're only on episode three, but it's been another crazy week with loads of stuff going on. Um, is is it normally this busy in the space exploration world, or was I just not paying attention uh, <laughs> before it's, we were doing this? I it it really has been a crazy busy time, uh, especially this summer. Uh, just with the Crew Dragon launch to Perseverance, just 
to what's going on now uh, with the the big news that came out, the potentially big news that came out this week. It has been it has been kind of a whirlwind. So uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, and uh, that's why I'm so glad we're doing this podcast. Yeah, same, same, same. So yeah, that does bring us to that big news and the question: Is there life on? Venus. This is quite, this is like the most 2020 story that could happen, isn't yes. it? <laughs> yeah, I did not honestly have life potential life on Venus on my 2020 bingo card. Bingo card. This year. <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous. I was like, when you sent me the link, I was like, no way. That's ridiculous. Uh, so, for those of you who may have missed this story, um, they've found phosphine gas. In the sky in Venus, I believe that's that's kind of what it is, about 30 miles up from the surface. Yeah, in the cloud, uh, that you are correct, in the cloud decks on uh, Venus. Yeah. A, yeah, very nuts. Uh, yeah, nuts. Not really something like uh, anybody I think expected. Like I said, the very 2020 news, because I'm just like, who thought this was like out of nowhere? Like I was thinking, you know. Um, cause I did hear kind of through the grapevine, there's going to be a big announcement about planetary space and I'm thinking, oh, they found something on Mars, you know, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they found something, you know, and, uh, no, I was not expecting out of all the planets. I'm like, what Venus? Yeah, <laughs> like, what? exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, I've, I've had to look this up cause I, I, I didn't know what phosphine gas was, but my, my, my limited uh, research has shown that it's, um, it's a gas. And yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. it, um, it, on the Earth. It's re- it's released by um, microbes in um, where where there's not much oxygen, and also <laughs> in animals' insides. Probably stinks as well by the sounds of it. Um, so and 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 on Venus, the only way they've uh, can figure out that it's there is that they're, they're, they've kind of got to be life. There's got to be something flying around that's excreting this or that, that is releasing this. And, uh, you know, you can get all imaginative and have these big winged birds flying around Venus, but it's probably just it probably just is microbes. But it's still exciting stuff. And I think what's exciting about it is it just opens up that possibility that this is regular on almost every planet. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I, I'm gonna, probably going to get dragged for saying this by a lot of people. Um, I'm cautiously excited just because um, in past and like I said, I'm not a. I, I'm not a uh, interplanetary uh, spaceflight expert. Uh, I'm not really a solar system expert. Um, I I know a little bit about it, but I'm not. Mm. You know, I wouldn't. Call, I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, I'm cautious only because. There have been announcements like this before in the past where like, oh, my God, we think we found something. And then, you know, a while later you find out, well, it's just kind of a chemical aberration and, you know, and everybody's kind of disappointed. So I'm sort of um, looking at it like, okay, I'm not going to get too excited. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, that's I was not expecting that. That's very um, I did read some of the uh, paper because I was just curious. uh, And it's. It's uh, it's kind of long, but uh, I I just scanned some of it just to you know kind of see what it was about, and I was like, you know, that's uh really cool. If anything, what I hope comes out of it is more exploration of Venus. Yes. Um, yes. Like I said, I'm not a expert on a planetary spaceflight really as much as other people are. There's some uh, people out there uh, like uh, uh, my friend Jay Gallantine who's written some great books about uh, the 
you know, inner and outer solar system exploration, which uh, I think everybody should read. But the solar system, here's where I kind of get on my soapbox. The solar system is really not well explored. Like, yeah, I, I think people, you know, look at, you know, the history of space flight and they think, well, we've sent probes to every planet and, you know, we've had flybys and stuff, but it's really not that much when you break it down. And uh, especially Venus, because Venus has such a ferocious climate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got, uh, like I said, uh, it was the last place I think anybody would have expected uh, to find any sort of microbial life or anything in or around it, you know? Mm. So um, I, I hope they send kind of more missions to the clouds to test out this theory. I think that would be uh, really cool because Venus is one of my favorite planets just because it's so weird. <laughs> yeah and none of what happens on it makes sense to me like yeah. i keep trying to apply like earth you know knowledge earth science knowledge to venus and i'm like wait but this doesn't make sense and i'm like uh, of course it doesn't it's not earth you know yeah i'm really excited if anything you know even if it's kind of like you know a spurious type of discovery i'm hoping that at least it's investigated and we send more spacecraft there uh what do you think yeah yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you on that. I, I kind of feel like all of the planets need to be explored more. Uh, for, for me, one of my favourite things that's happened over the last few years is, is the New Horizons uh, s- satellite and the flybys that's done. The, the images of Pluto from that were just stunning. And and for years we hadn't seen these, and things like Cassini as well, the, the, the images we got from Cassini. like The few probes that we are sending up to these places recently are sending back such stunning images and to me, it's like we, we, we've been saying for years what we think the makeup of these planets are. But how do we actually know this? It's so far away. We're using very, very almost primitive technology to make these almost assumptions. And I, I again, I, I'm, I'm probably doing our scientists a, a massive disservice there. But um, it does feel that w- with the very limited amount of information and that they've got, especially up close, they've been able to... <clears throat> find out quite a lot already. So just imagine what they can do if they actually get something like a permanent, something orbiting it for a while, um, like like what's happened in Jupiter at least, because that, that yeah. was, you know, we learned so much from that. More missions like that, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's just really expensive. And, and yeah. to what end are we doing it? But It's expensive. And, um, and I, I think people, um, the greater public fails to see like, really the, the use of missions like that. But, um, I, I I don't know. Here's my case for exploring Venus, uh, personally, other than the fact that, to me, it's one of the most intriguing planets. Um, I think maybe it could teach us possibly about processes on Earth, which I think yeah. is important for us. And um, plus, Venus is really not well explored. Uh, I know we've sent, uh, I think, one uh, synthetic aperture radar, I think is what it's called, uh, mission uh, the United States did called Magellan and that mapped mm. Venus, which was really cool. And the images from it are really, uh, neat to look at. Uh, the Soviets did send some landers up there. Uh, you've probably seen the images from those, uh, but the landers did not survive very long. No. I, I think the one that lasted the longest got to about 50 minutes, um, and before it got crushed and, um, uh, and it sent, you know, a few images back and it basically confirmed what we thought about the surface of Venus. That was that it was a uninhabitable 
uh, hellscape, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there were some missions, I think, conducted by uh, the Soviets and uh, international partners called Vega, which were like Venus cloud balloons. And uh, I don't know, that'd be cool if we saw some more things like that, you know, just to, you know, just to mm. kind of investigate, you know, the atmosphere. And I don't know, I, I think... I think Venus has kind of been written off just because, like I said, the environment there is so fierce, you know, and to me, it's just cloaked with mystery and it's not very well explored. Um, So I I really wish we would go back, (laughs) go back there. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I I think with both Venus and Mars, they may hold the key, not not. Not for us to necessarily even go and live on. I, mean, I know Mars has that possibility, but but they, they've more got the key to the understanding of of what may happen to Earth in the future and what may have happened in the past. And I, I think that's where it's important that we do it. With all the discussion about climate change and everything that's going on on this planet right now and what we do it do to it, let's have a look at at, at, at these other pl- nearby planets that are, are rocky uh, and, and similar even though obviously different as well, and just see what we can learn. And and if we're not going to do that, we may be missing a, a very big opportunity um, to, to make this place a better, uh, even better. It's not necessarily just about looking out. It's about looking back. Exactly. Uh, and I think that, that generally gets missed from from the uh, discussion when, when talking about sending probes or missions to these places. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think... Um like a it's not a venus or a mars mission but you uh mentioned uh juno uh which is orbiting uh jupiter and um uh, that's really i actually went to see the launch of it in 2011 and i i went to the nasa social for it and um really what that mission kind of boils down to is not just studying jupiter but they're really trying to find you know what kind of things about jupiter hold the key to discovering the origins of the solar system and you know really mm-hmm. how we all came to be and you know and um, yeah th- i just i just find that fascinating and i do think uh, uh you know that makes for me i i don't know if i can convince others but uh for me it really makes the case of why this kind of these kinds of robotic missions to other planets are really um, useful, I think. Uh, of course, there are going to be people who are like, oh, why are we doing things on Mars when we got problems on Earth and stuff? But, you know, those kinds of people. But um, I do think, you know, uh, it's important not just to look out, but like you said, to look back at us and think, you know, okay, what happened here that we could maybe learn a lesson from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or even get some energy sources that, that we could then use that then don't damage our planet. I mean, I know that's really sci-fi movie-esque but you know that it could it could be a thing uh which is what which is in my opinion worth exploring the idea of yeah. uh, and finding out more and finding out more about for sure uh, right now the score is man three space nothing but it's a little early in the game we've had a launch attempt by a company called astra up in alaska have you seen about this this is this one's a real curveball. Yeah, um, I can't say I know much about the company, unfortunately. You might know more than I do, but uh, I was chilling, I think, uh, a few nights ago on Twitter, and, you know, everybody's like, yeah, there's going to be a launch. I'm like, what? You know, I'm, okay. <laughs> yeah. you know, SpaceX is doing another Starlink, maybe, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And yet, Starlink's 10,000 to, I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> so I'm, like, watching it, and it's this company called Astra. I'm like... I've never heard of this. Um, I probably should, but okay. And 
So um, I don't think they had a live stream to their launch. I don't know if you no. saw the uh, footage afterwards that somebody took. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was what the woman was saying. Uh-oh. She's like, uh-oh. That doesn't look good. <laughs> it's a, it, it, if anybody hasn't seen the clip, it's probably still on Twitter. Uh, it's actually kind of, yeah. uh, I, I hate to say it because I don't like to make fun of rocket failures because I think, man, that sucks for the company. But um, yeah. I remember seeing the clip and it's like in Alaska. So it's like in this winter ice land <laughs> and yeah. I'm just watching it. I'm like, Oh, okay. It looks good. So far first stage. And then it's just nothing. And I'm like, yeah, Oh, that's not right. Yeah. yeah usually it doesn't stop at that point. <laughs> the the reaction of the, of the passersby who happened to catch this is what makes that video funny. Like it's not the, the, the rockets failed as such. It's that, they're just so confused as to what's going on. It doesn't seem like they were even aware there was going to be a rocket launch within yeah. sight of where they were. Yeah. And suddenly they're watching one. I have done, I've tried to do a bit of research, but there's just not that much about them. I know they've got a Twitter page and they post some lovely pictures. So this was a, this was called rocket 3.1. Uh, and it was their first orbital attempt. Um, and it failed at the first stage, but they, they've since said that they didn't expect it to, to reach orbit. And they've had a couple of suborbital flights, which they've called successes even though they failed. <laughs> it's based in California. I think it looks like one of these tech bubble uh, startups. So it looks like it's kind of trying to do a SpaceX thing. Uh, two guys called Chris Kemp and Adam London. I don't know much about them. And maybe maybe, uh, maybe their intentions are good, but there's such little information out there. It just looks shady to me. And that may be just that, that I've got this 2020 cynicism going on right now, but it just <laughs> seems weird. And and like the one of the few things I found out was, was that in June 2020, they got two, SU, two US defense contracts for, for sending payloads up. How? How is that? How is They've that not happen? even had one successful launch. That's, I have, that's weird. Like, I've never heard of that before who do they know who what do they know about someone (laughs) (laughs) what kind of pictures do they have of somebody is what i want to know do they have pictures of someone that are incriminating and they got yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just kidding i'm not saying that actually happened (laughs) i agree i mean that's very much me joking and maybe we should try and talk to them reach out to them and see if we can get get them to talk to us because yeah there's so little information out there about them it's just crazy but but good good for them if if it's an honest and genuine thing and they're trying to do it and they're doing it properly and they're employing people if they're making progress then good for them and it's great that more people get involved it just came out of nowhere it just came this company called astra for me have just come out of nowhere it's like what there's another company who like yeah i honestly was not really um i think i heard of them but i wasn't really honestly familiar with them at all so it's it's kind of a mystery to me as well there is a launch photo i believe taken by john kraus of when it was actually um ascending for as short of a time as it was and it's just it's a pretty nice launch photo but um yeah the 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 film clip was pretty hilarious i thought because you got the sense that these people like what what is this what's going on in alaska yeah 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 yeah. it's just not somewhere you would expect there to be a launch. well actually it kind of does make sense but 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 you've never heard of it before so it's like what there's something there's a launch in alaska what what's going on here i need to do more research on this because I wasn't aware there was a launch facility even in Alaska, which is, uh, I I should know that. The interesting thing is they look like mobile rocket launchers, you know, kind of like Scud missiles. Yeah. 
they kind of looked like that, the way they kind of drive around and they stand up. So it all kind of looked a bit scary. And the fact it was going on in Alaska, like if I was Russia, I would have been a little bit scared. Yeah. There's that side of it as well. Yeah. I'm almost certainly am being very unfair to this company. Uh, but I just, it's so hard to seem to find out much about them. And, and that to me is, is almost a red flag. And, and how many other, how many other these companies are going to start springing up? Like we know that Silicon Valley is generating serious amount of money and there's loads of money in tech. How many of these companies are now going to go, Oh, let's, let's do an Elon. Let's go and start flying rockets. That looks easy. That looks fun. Look at, look at, look at his profile now. He's doing that. Yeah, I kind of wondered the same thing. Uh, heck, maybe maybe I, I don't have any money, but maybe I'll start up a my own rocket company. <laughs> Who knows? Emily's yeah, rocket yeah, yeah. company. But um, <laughs> right, why not? It, what yeah. it's twenty twenty, man. Why not? Yeah, Anything's yeah, yeah. possible. <laughs> Anything is possible nowadays. But um, yeah. no, I, I kind of wanted the same thing because I, I tried finding a you know some stuff about them. Because I was like, man, I really don't know much about this. And then I'm just like, uh, I can't find much. So it was kind of yeah. just out of the blue. And I'm like, who are these people, you know? So I, I look forward to discovering more about them. And I do wish them success. I just yeah. would like to know more. I'm sure they're going to prove us very wrong with our jokes. Uh, and I hope they do. And I'd love to. And if everyone, anyone listening does know more about them or how we can find out more about them, if they have a fact sheet or something like that that can help us, we will happily do more stuff on them. Uh, because cause anyone starting to try and build rockets and put them in space and carrying carry payloads is it, you know good for them because that's crazy and it's expensive and dangerous. So uh, we wish them well. Well, hey, Martin, hats off to the guys in the trench. I love Emily, I don't know if you saw last night, but the Apollo 11 movie picked up some Emmy Awards. Yes, it did. It got three of them. Yeah, after being snubbed by the Oscars, it was good good to see that it got recognized. Because, I, I mean, I love that movie. I love that movie. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know about you. Uh, I saw that movie, I think, four or five times in yeah. the theater. Uh, uh, yeah, it actually it won three Emmys. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Outstanding picture editing for a nonfiction program, outstanding sound editing for a nonfiction or reality program, and outstanding sound mixing for a nonfiction or reality program. Um, I definitely concur with the uh, whoever awards the em- Emmys, just because uh, I, the sound in that movie really is overwhelming just, yes like the launch uh part of the film i was like oh my gosh uh before i saw apollo 11 in the theater in imax i i always considered hail columbia my favorite movie with a launch scene just because um i saw that in imax a real long <laughs> yeah, time yeah, yeah. ago uh i was a little kid but it was like I, it was still playing at Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, I think I saw it. I think I saw it there in the early nineties. Yes, and it, it, it's um, it's still an incredible movie. Um, if anybody can get it on DVD, I do suggest getting watching it because uh, the scene when Columbia makes its uh, first launch is just like oh, it's so the the sound and just the visual. It's just I could watch that hundred and fifty times and not get bored of it. But um, yeah, Apollo Eleven is better yeah. than that. <laughs> it's better than so, that. So it didn't come out in the UK for it was really like limited release. And then the first release was uh, actually for the, on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 10. Uh, that week, the Science Museum did the, the you know they did a I think they did a, a limited IMAX release for for museums that had IMAXs. 
Um, and so that went on in the science museum, IMAX, and I went down there with a friend who's kind of, you know, she humors me about this stuff and will come and visit visit this kind of thing <laughs> with me. And and the launch sequence, the two of us were both in tears. The footage is un- re- unbelievable. Some of those angles it's and the beautiful. colors are just outrageous. But the sound, the sound is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so so the fact they've got the Emmys for the sound is is, is 100% right. And um, I, I bought the Blu-ray and I've, you know, it sits here and... Anytime I've got a guest round now, and they they talk about you know I've got my Saturn Five Lego here and uh, and all that kind of stuff, and they they start talking about it, and they're like, what's all this about? And I just play, I say, look, can we just watch this launch sequence, just watch it, and I turn it up. I've got my Sonos bar, and I turn it up, and they're like, can we watch the rest of this? Uh, and I made my parents watch it on Christmas Day this year, uh, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Film and the song that they're, they're pl- that's playing as they're coming back from the moon as well. That I just, all of that. that there's, there's so many little factors of it which I love. Yes, um, I saw when I saw that in the theater. Like, I, like you said, uh, I was I was crying like a, a baby. Like, I remember coming out of the theater, going to the bathroom, and I'm coming. <laughs> I have like this mascara all over, you know, all down yeah. my face, having to clean my face up before I leave the theater. It was just, it was just beautiful. Like, um. Another like little snippet of the movie. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, this is a minor spoiler. I mean, uh, there's not many spoilers that they go to the moon. So um, <laughs> they go to the moon, just so you know, and they come back. <laughs> and there's and and Neil Armstrong walks on the moon. That's a there you go. I'm sorry, don't spit out your water. He's drinking water right now. For those of you who are at home, you can't see this, but oh, oh no, amazing. I'm so sorry. I know, no, right? Great. You never expected yeah. that. No, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't. <laughs> but um, no, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, though, um, when there's there is a scene where they're uh, being suited up before they uh, go to the launch pad, and I love that kind of little montage of what their lives were before oh, so Apollo good. Eleven. I was like, oh my god! Like I love that because it really just it summed them up without having to have a narrator. Yeah. Like, so powerful. And I think did. I think that's I think that's why I love that film as well so much is it's no talking heads. It's not old people sitting there like you see in my, and I love those documentaries where you get where they they pull out all the old astronauts because I love them to bits. You know that. Yeah. But, but yeah. this was so different because it was all fresh and it was all cleaned up for stuff I thought I'd seen before, but it looked new and then loads of stuff I'd not seen before when I thought I'd seen it all, especially Apollo 11. And it was like, this is, this is just amazing. Uh, and it's cleaned up so well, all the, all the stuff before the launch of all the people in the crowd. I mean, that could be shot yesterday with people in costumes. It looks that real. It like, And it doesn't look like old footage. It looks like modern footage. It's so well cleaned up. Um, so yes, I, if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Well done yes. for winning all the Emmys. Yes, you you need to see it now. It's it's if you're if you're a space enthusiast, you well you've probably already seen it. But if you're if you're kind of on the fence about space enthusiasm, just you got to get this movie now. It's it's incredible. Um, like I said, I, I think I've watched I watched it in the theater. I think four or five times. I just was like an addict. I was like I got to yeah. see the la- at least the launch scene was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, this is just something in uh, just uh, yeah. otherworldly. It's amazing. And, and if you're in any any museums that, that are advertising it, it, it will just be, I think it's called the Small Steps Edition or something like that, that they have in, in, in various museums that have IMAXs. I mean, that's worth, to hear it in IMAX as well is, is, in, yes. is another level. 
uh, and there's not much. Uh, it, there's a quite a lot cut out from the, the full feature length, but mo- all the launch stuff is there, which is what which is what you want. But Emily, um, while we're talking about movies and TV stuff, I, I'm sure, like me, everyone's been talking to you about Away or asking you questions about this new Netflix show called Away. Yeah. Um, with Hillary, I can't say her name. This is really bad. I tried doing this last night. I kept. I can't say the R in her name. Hillary. Hillary Swank. I keep. I keep saying Hillary. Uh, anyway, because <laughs> okay. um, because the W in a second name, it's one that's just getting my. It's a tongue twister for me, and it shouldn't be. Anyway, there's a new uh, Netflix series called Away, and it's about a trip to Mars, essentially, um, and it's a bit of a drama. Uh, but it. it I binged it yesterday because everyone's been messing me going, I don't know if it's real. I don't know how, like, you'll probably watch it and think, uh, oh, yeah, that wouldn't happen. Um, but to me, any kind of drama or anything that's set in space, which is good, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from the first episode. The, the premise is there's a, there's a, an American astronaut, a Chinese astronaut, uh, a cosmonaut, Russian cosmonaut, a British guy from ESA, uh, and an Indian astronaut, and they're commanded by um, Hillary Swank, yes. <laughs> and they go to the moon, and then they go to Mars. And it's just wonderful. In terms of technically, I have no idea how realistic it is. Because <laughs> I'm just yeah. not, you know, they go to Mars. Well, okay, and it was hard. Well, it, I think going to Mars is hard, so they're, therefore it's probably realistic. Anyway, uh, the thing that, that got me, which struck me as odd, is that the crew didn't seem to know each other very well. Yeah, uh, uh, they they train for a very long time normally. So uh, yeah, yeah, normally then, uh, yeah. Like I, I know the we talked last week about a uh, Skylab four, and those guys were training together for about seven years. They yeah, knew yeah. each other pretty well. I mean, they hung out with each other. They were, you know, yeah, they knew each other inside and out pretty much. So yeah. But but it, it is it is wonderful, and if anyone goes to see it, I, I'd love to hear your opinions on it. I don't want to spoil it. It is a drama. It's a bit tra- um, a little bit trashy, maybe. But it's <laughs> you know it it's space. It's great. So uh, yeah, I thoroughly recommend people checking that out. Uh, and I would like to know what you think. Um, what I, there's also some cool graphics because they've merged all the logos. Uh, of the different space agencies to, to so so it's nasa i'm like what nasa logo is that that's not a meatball and that's not and it's emerged uh using the letters from the different logos that's cool okay. and it's things like that i'm like yes like that um and it's all about space diplomacy as well which um i i, I is a big passion of mine actually space diplomacy i think it might be because i'm not american and love nasa yeah. so much um but but i went to a talk with um with Michael Collins last year, all about space diplomacy and Buzz turned up, which was great. And he has a lot to say about it. And ultimately I, I love the idea of everyone working together to try and do stuff. I think that's the, the great thing about the ISS as well. So um, for me, that aspect of it was great anyway. Yeah. Oh, I totally, uh, as an aside, I totally believe, you know, if we're going to um, go, you know, back to deep space, we, we have to work with other nations and learn how to work with, a diverse set of people that might not speak English, you know, because when we eventually settle space, we're not going to all be Americans up there. You know, we have to learn how to, you know, work with British people, work with someone from China, Japan, you know, India, what have you. So I I agree with you completely. Yeah. uh, And I'm sure I'd love to do a whole episode on space diplomacy because I've got a lot to say about that. I think we should. I think that's a great idea. Cool. We'll, we'll we'll put that on the uh, on the schedule. The future list. Okay. Relax. Everything's okay. 
finally in our roundup I think this is big news the former NASA administrator Charles Bolden uh, has done a massive 180 uh, on the space launch system the SLS which is NASA's uh, big rocket as we mentioned last week which they're hoping uh, to to build or are building for future long-range crewed missions to the moon and Mars Uh, he was in charge of NASA uh, when SLS was first created and he oversaw the development um, and uh, even though it currently costs twenty billion, he's now saying no more. That he doesn't think it's uh, he doesn't think it's viable. Um, he's not the administrator anymore. Obviously, in two thousand fourteen, he said, "Let's be very honest. We don't have a commercially available heavy lift vehicle. The Falcon Nine Heavy may come someday. Uh, it's on the drawing board right now. SLS is real." Two years later, he doubled down. If you talk about launch vehicles, we believe our responsibility to the nation is to take care of things that normal people cannot do or don't want to do, like large launch vehicles. Uh, I'm not a big fan of commercial investment in large launch vehicles (laughs) just yet. Uh, And then this week he said SLS will go away. It could go away during a Biden administration or the next Trump administration because at some point commercial entities are going to catch up. Uh, They're really going to build heavy lift launch vehicles soon. Um, so that's what it's a, it's a massive turnaround. It's a yes. massive turnaround. <laughs> I'm not going to give my personal opinion on it because uh, just because I'll get, you know, I don't know. I'll get torn up either way by either SpaceX people or either SLS people because there are factions within the space community. That, Which is weird. Um, yeah, that either support one or they don't support one uh, and stuff like yeah. that. But um, I think SpaceX has really surprised everybody, especially within the last uh, five years or so. I, I remember five, six, seven, whatever years ago, they were, you know, they were launching the the Falcon 9, little rocket. You know, they were doing kind of little cargo missions to the ISS. You know, obviously, the game has completely changed. In the last two years, we got the Falcon Heavy, which, which works surprisingly well. I mean, I was... First time. Yeah, they nailed it. I hate to compare yeah. it to other launch heritage launch vehicles because it's not the same type of launch vehicle. But you look at, like, um, probably the most famous heavy lift, I guess, vehicle of all time, the Saturn V. There were some kind of growing pains with it. You know, they had Pogo... Yeah. Um, uh, uh, if you look at Apollo 6... Apollo uh, 6 is a nightmare flight trajectory th- when you look at it. Yes, it was kind of a mess. You know, it, it mm-hmm. was a partial success. I don't want to make it sound like it was a complete failure, but it had a lot of issues. So um, even the Saturn V wasn't perfect, you know, the first time. And there were some mm-hmm. minor issues with it throughout, um, you know, the history of Apollo. I don't want to jinx SpaceX, but th- they really nailed that. I mean, I was just, I was shocked personally. Yeah. Not that I thought it would fail, but I wouldn't have been surprised had the first one failed just because it's a new vehicle. It hasn't been launched before. This is a test flight, basically. Um, you know, and a lot of test flights fail, and that's and that's to be expected. The, 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 the one, Almost the worrying thing about it was how well it went and how, how almost arrogant they were in the fact they felt it was going to go well. And what I mean by that, I mean that in a positive way, and what because what I mean by that is the fact that they put the Tesla in there with Starman and they had the whole Bowie thing going on as as, as the the fairings opened was one. Of, I, I I was watching it and I was like, this is incredible. This is this is like it's almost like they knew people might be watching this or we, this is going to be a chance for us to turn heads with what we're doing. So we're going to go out all out and we're going to do something a bit stupid and stick a Tesla up and up in orbit. Yeah. 
It was perfect. And then and then the double landing is still one of the the, the images for me of the last five years. Um, yeah, the, the first time that happened, I was I I could not believe what I was seeing. I regret uh, doing this now, but um, that when the Falcon Heavy went up, I was actually at work because what happened was my friends are all like, "Man, are you going to come down to see the Falcon Heavy launch?" And I was honest, honest <laughs> to God, I was like, "It's probably going to explode." And I don't want to <laughs> yeah. see that. See that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm just going to stay home and I'll, I'll just catch the replay afterwards. So yeah. after work, I get in my car. I had my phone kind of off because I'm like, well, if it blows up, I don't want to, you know, I'll find out later. Mm. So I get in my car after work and my friends are like texting me and like, dude, look at this. And I'm like, that's fake. No, no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was Starman in the car. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. like. And I'm like, that, that's not real. Just, no, that's not a real picture. And they're like, no, that's a real, like, it's in space now. And I was like, you, and then I turned on the live feed and I was like, live footage from, and I'm like, you gotta be, it friggin' worked. Like, it, it worked, worked, like, right down the line. I was just, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But, um. Crazy. I digressed hugely there, but I don't think anybody saw any of this coming that, you know, SpaceX yeah. would really change the game and do such a spectacular job you know, with their heavy lift vehicle. And I think I, I don't want to come across as anti SLS by any means. Cause I have friends who work on the program, but it's been very expensive to develop. Um, and it's going to be very expensive to fly and it's not going to be, it's not going to be like other, you know, launchers where you can fly them several times a year. If it yeah. does come to fruition where we do Artemis, um, and send people to the moon, it, it's probably going to fly maybe every few years. I I I'm not gonna say I agree with his comments, but I see where he's coming from. I think um, he like uh, I've met Charlie Bolden. He's a really he's a nice guy. He's really cool. But I think he like everybody else was honestly stunned by a lot of SpaceX's developments in the last, especially the last couple of years. Um, and now they got this Starship that's just doing yeah. hops. Yeah, that's yeah, still yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, how are they doing that with such a large vehicle? That's incredible to me. I agree. I think it's natural for him to... Ch now he's seen what SpaceX are doing, it's natural for him to have that U-turn. What I'm assuming he means is that... And bear in mind, he's not in the position to make these decisions anymore, but I think what he, what he envisages happening, reading between the lines, is that they'll use what they've made, but they won't be commissioning anymore. Um, yeah. I, I, I still think it's going to fly. I still think it will fly. Um, because if it's already kind of built, it's just in the final testing stages, kind of. You know, it's it's almost it's like however many percent done, and they've spent X amount of money on it, and I think they have to show some form of return on that. And and, uh, and finally, uh, while we're talking about Artemis, um, one of the lunar landers has been revealed this week as well. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, um, the, yeah, I saw. I think it's it the, by. Uh, Dynetics. Oh God, the Dynetics lander. Looks pretty cool. Have you noticed, um, it looks like the Jamestown in For All Mankind? Oh, yeah, 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 it does. It does. Yes, 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 yes. Talking really of TV cool. shows. Uh, season two coming up soon. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so uh, I, I will put, I, we've talked about a whole load of stuff. And as as last week, I will put links to to the to videos and to any anything that, that is appropriate on what we've spoken about here, because that was that was a lot of stuff we just got through there, Emily. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of news. Okay, all flight controllers, gonna go for power descent. Retro, go. Fido, go. Guide, go. Control, go. Calcom, go. GNC, go. Ecom, go. Surgeon, go. Capcom, or go for power descent. 
so yeah I'm uh, Emily I don't know about you I am really excited about the Artemis program um, and, and the fact that there's the plan to go back to the moon by 2024 even though I don't think that's going to happen in that time frame but I like the fact there's a there's a program in place for going back in our lifetime it's just crazy blows my mind um, and of course in Greek mythology Artemis was the sister of Apollo uh, so Shall we talk lunar landings? I'm really obsessed lately with the Apollo 16 PDI in touchdown. <laughs> I can listen to that like a like an album, like a song, almost like all the way through. I listen to it at work just because uh, you know why. You know why, but um, other people probably don't know why. But uh, it's so much. They're having so much fun. Uh, I love it. Um, even John Young. John Young's a very one of the more taciturn, I guess, Apollo astronauts. Uh, this is not somebody who really uh, was known for being very outspoken, very quiet, a very measured person, but even he uh, sounds really excited. Yeah. Uh, and Charlie Duke is the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> what do you think? I think he just inspired John. I think Charlie's just an infectious personality, right? So first of all, for those of you who don't know, PDI means Powered Descent Initiation. Uh, so this is this is the point where the lunar lander turned on its engine to start going down to the moon. Uh, and it was roughly 13 minutes, I think it would take, uh, from the point they did that to land in. Obviously, slightly yeah. different per mission, but roughly around that amount of time. I know that was what it was for 11. Apollo 16 was a little, uh, high. I want to say, higher up. Than right. the uh, than eleven or twelve right. or any so other it had, ones had to burn for longer. Yeah, but still, uh, John put it down. Do you remember uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Duke calling him uh, <laughs> Percy Precision? Yes. <laughs> I always say this. I think the the biggest flaw of the Apollo program was that they put a load of test pilots up there, and yet, although they were the, they had to be the people to do it at that time because they were the people that could understand risk and operate in those kind of environments. So it made sense. What what you didn't have is the human moments. Everything was very checklist orientated. And then yeah. you got Charlie Duke on the moon, and he's almost the exception to the rule. Yes, but by all means, Pete Conrad's quite colourful. Pete and Al were great, but by by astronaut standards, and I think I think uh, Gene and Harrison on Apollo seventeen are also quite entertaining. But Charlie on sixteen is just magnificent. Almost the whole time, the whole time, any of the radio stuff you listen to, the whole of the descent and the landing, and then when he's on the moon, he's just a little kid. He's like yeah. a little kid the whole time. They they're honestly um they're they're my favorite mission to listen to. Um, even on while they're doing the uh, moonwalks, just because uh, they sound like two southern boys, because yeah. they were, they <laughs> yeah. just sound like two southern guys just chilling on the moon. And I'm like, <laughs> um, I hate to say this, and I'm sure if John Young was still alive, he would not appreciate me bringing this up. Have you listened to the part where John breaks the heat flow experiment? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so funny, so it's, funny. He's so upset. Like, yeah, he's like Charlie. Something happened. Something, here. something happened here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use and that the- as a sting. I'm going to use that as the sting <laughs> after this. <laughs> I've got that one there. Something it's happened so here. Bad. And then Charlie Duke is like, what? What happened? And then and then when you watch the video, it's like watching like America's Funniest Home Videos or something on the moon because he's just like tangled up. Because I remember watching the clip and I'm like, oh, no, John, 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 don't get caught. Oh, no. And then you see all this like spaghetti, like the, these lines. He's all tangled up. And I was like, he just broke it and stuff. And. <laughs> He was very upset, I should say. He was very upset he did that. And uh, I think some really bad news headlines came out of that. Like, 
you know, 16 boys foul up experiment or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Something nuts. And I'm like, when they actually did a pretty good job on the moon, but um, but I just, that whole clip is just hilarious. You can hear like the sadness in his voice, like Charlie, something just happened here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It sounded like he was at work and he broke the copier or something. So like. funny. I, I, yeah, I, I love listening to those guys. I, I, it's little things like they tried to have their little Olympics on the moon as well, and that didn't go so well. So they had to stop that. <laughs> they then got told off for doing that. And Charlie held the record for the amount of times he fell over. I think, I think he does. Yeah. I think he fell over more than anyone else on the moon. And, and I mean, that's got to be quite scary as well when you, when you know that that suits the thing that protecting you and you're falling down yeah i think he probably fell over the most out of everybody i can remember on the moon i i can't remember that uh i think charlie is the world champion uh continues <laughs> to be the world record holder for most times uh fell down on the moon what you said about 11 is really true i have a hard time listening to their uh pdi and touchdown just because it was so stressful yeah yeah, yeah. um and so much, I mean, they made it, obvious, and spoiler, they make it, but um, <laughs> they make it, but earlier this year during uh, the Apollo 13 anniversary, I was listening to the uh, the Apollo 13, um, gosh, I forgot what it was called. Um, in real time thing. That, yes. that was Yeah, yeah, that was great, yeah. And um, I remember listening to some of it, and some of it was so stressful for me. I was like, I can't, I don't know how these guys did it, because I, I, I was just getting, like, emotional listening to it, because I'm like... You know, you know the end of the story, but still you're like, are these guys going to come? Are these yeah. guys going to be all right? You know? Yeah. Spoiler, Spoiler. They survived. They survived. They came back. <laughs> but um, Fredo's probably chilling right now. He's doing fine. But uh, yeah. no, but like I was just, it's just those, like you said, um, I think you summed it up very well. Those kind of little human moments that make things, you know, more relatable and special, um, you know, and those kind of little things that you don't expect. You know, and there's definitely plenty in 16, particularly on on that on that landing, and it is because of Charlie. Charlie's just wonderful, and, and yeah, and you're right. I mean, John, John is that uncharacteristically loud, almost by his standards, and yes. outspoken. And I think I think it was just how infect, how infectious Charlie is that 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 swept him up in that. I'll put a link in the thing. I, I it is. Uh, I found the video you were talking about, so I'll put I'll yes. put that in there. But the, the Apollo seventeen one is 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 also good because I think Gene is Gene Sternan is also wonderful as on, on yes, the moon. Yes, he, he is. Went there, there's a great clip of him singing as he's bouncing along on the moon, and I always walking on the moon one day. It's just it's always makes me smile whenever I see that clip as well. And and it's those little humor moments that that we get from from those guys. And I just think I just imagine what I would be like if I I was up there when I'd be literally being like. Holy shit. all the time, yeah. <laughs> like I, and and I and I do think that, and it kind of goes back to to the Skylab thing we talked about last week. Those missions, everything that were back that happened back then was so checklist orientated. Everything was follow the checklist, follow the checklist, follow the checklist, yeah. and and that's fine. But you still need to you still need to give the people that that opportunity to have that human moment to connect with the people back home. And I think that's why of the other Apollo missions, other than eleven, didn't connect as well. As, as what NASA hoped is because they didn't allow in the checklist enough time for those moments. Yeah, Charlie, I, I love it when they land. Uh, we, we should probably wrap it up, but I, I'll just add this one thing. I love it when they land and he's like, wow, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that because he, he's like a, a kid and, a, you know, he sounds like a kid. And I'm like, I, I would probably say the exact same thing. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm on the moon, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. I just, yeah, I love his reactions to everything. He's so much fun.
Yep, 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 yep. So uh, go, go and check that out. Um, so yeah, I- I'm going to play that sting right now. We're nearly out of time. Well, we're probably, yeah, this has been a, a wonderful chat, Emily. I've enjoyed this. But uh, before we go, we are, both of us are aware that there's a new documentary which came out on September the 16th on Netflix about the Challenger disaster. Uh, we are recording this on the 15th of September, so uh, we haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But once we have, um, I- I'm assuming at some point this week, we will share our thoughts on it next week. I was going to watch it over the weekend, so I'll share my thoughts on it uh, likely next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Um, and then maybe maybe what we should do, Emily, is, is then use that as a springboard to, to cover our favourite documentaries. I know we spoke, spent a lot of time talking about the Apollo 11 film this week, but it's not really a documentary. Uh, and, I, and I think I often get asked what... what uh, what should people watch? And although I could recommend a load of books, I think sometimes the documentaries are a little bit more accessible to, to the general population. So uh, maybe maybe we'll do that next week, unless other things come come up. Yes, that sounds great. Um, I think we should do that next week. So cool. um, all right. Until then, uh, we'd like to thank you all very much for listening and for all your comments about last week's show. And a big thanks to all who pressed the share button. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks very much. It's, uh, we, we had some lovely comments and uh, it all means a lot when you press share. So we'll be back next week with more space and things. But in the meantime, don't forget, in space, no one can hear you stream. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. <laughs>